0: Welcome back to our reading of Takeout. We last left our narrator climbing through a hole an amphibian man had blown in the ceiling of a flooded laboratory. Let's see where it leads. Chapter nine. For the love of God, where the hell is the front door? The impromptu escape route led me to another library. Papers were raining from above, most of which were scorched from the explosion. Dust and dirt crackled around me in a musty fog. I cautiously walked out of the only door with my last bullet holding on to my shaking finger. I could hear the faint echo of feet running from the floors above. I remember wondering how many things were living in that place. What else would stand in my way? This was when I double-checked for my keys and my wallet. The thought of them falling out in that basement made me feel ill. I'd never find them if they did. I patted my pockets frantically, praying they weren't lost. Thankfully, they were still with me. I had a small celebration in my heart for them. We had punch and pizza at a roller rink. I was thinking of the Hokey Pokey when I took a dreadful turn. My feet stuck to the ground. My heart skipped a beat. Up ahead, I saw the red woman walking by. She was carrying a hula hoop. She didn't pay any mind to me as she passed and I took it as a sign to go the opposite direction. Still, she made me nervous. Made me feel stuck. I passed a room with an elephant It was being washed by three tall tan fellows in circus outfits. I asked them which direction the front door was and they hissed at me. I reacted to the absurd gesture as if the hiss physically brushed against my face which I guess, since audio is actually a physical wave of energy, the hiss did quite literally brush against my face. That's how it got into my ears. Anyway, carrying on, I took a right turn to find the hall was blocked. It was stuffed with a few dozen ostriches showing no interest in moving out of the way. I opted to take the left instead, which was far from a good idea. In fact, it was a terrifying move as it led me once again in the presence of of Gloria. Her leg had been bandaged in a brace, and she found herself a wheelchair and a helper. The naked man from dinner, whose eyes were now twirled upwards into the back of his head. The rest of them carried on as usual. Gloria shrieked at me. Rupert, my love, you bastard! Stop these silly games of yours and come to me. I can forget the other women. Love me. "'Love me like you used to.'" I aimed the gun at her stupid, crazy face and ordered her to give me the money she owed me, telling her once again that I was not Rupert. My words sparked something ravenous in the naked man. He rattled his tongue with a loud cry and pushed forward. Gloria cheered him on with a frantic howl. I stumbled backwards into a sprint that failed quickly as I was reintroduced to the herd of long-necked birds. Forcing my way through... The birds attacked, ferociously pecking at me, wobbling through like a fool. Some were breaking my skin, others were clumsily bashing into me. They were tolerable compared to the hollering hell that was carrying on behind me, a hollering that turned into a berserk assault. Gloria was using a short cane to beat a path for her helper to push them through. Her method of animal abuse was a great deal more effective than my sissy nudging. They were gaining on me. Gloria's shrieks turned into a twisted laughter that spiked with a tangy, sadistic curl with each and every whack of her cane. The scene was pushing me to my breaking point. Untamable panic melted my sense of reason into something oblong and full of moldy liquid, almost like cottage cheese, but slightly educated. The sounds of mayhem suffocating me, the world collapsing around me in the form of God's most nonsensical vertebrate was something no therapist could ever straighten out for anyone. This was one of those forever traumas you bury deep down under a waterfall of mixed drinks. Tangling into that endless sea of ostriches, panicking for sand to smash their heads into, I half expected to push through and find I was in a desert. Gloria's image, smiling in the face of a giant worm diving in and out of dusty ostrich-covered hills filled my mind. There was no desert. Just fear. Beaten and bit up and down, I broke free from the long-necked onslaught. The two-man death machine still working its way through the birds was an image to beat all images. Before flying off, I pointed my gun Gloria's way, my teeth showing. But the birds were too much. Best save the bullet. Pushing through the pain, I ran, calling out to my Chinese takeout to hold our union strong in its prayers. Every door I passed, I kicked in, hoping to get directions. Someone who knew the way. A room with a map. You are here, it would say. Or if I could find a window to the outside, I'd simply jump through the thing. Where the fuck were all the windows? Part of me wished I'd turn a corner and be in my kitchen drinking my roommate's lemonade, telling Pete I'll find a different way to pay him. I would just give him my shoes for the meal. Then I thought since I wasn't getting that $50 for my time being Rupert, Maybe I could give Pete this strange attire I was wearing for compensation. He certainly would have liked that jacket, had I not have done away with it. Several bashed doors, and I finally found some human life. A small group of Italians were playing cards with the red woman in a smoky little kitchen lined with gardening equipment. Which way to the front door, I asked. I had one eye locked on the red woman, who was staring at me over her cards. For a moment it felt like I was at a bar being checked out by a girl across the room. That does happen, sometimes. Rare, but still, it happens. It seemed like I misread her smile all along. I'm not one to think every girl looking at me is peering through the call of the wild, but this certainly felt a great deal more innocent than my previous impressions of her looks and tension. Anyway. The group of Italians took turns telling me the directions to the front door. Their answer seemed rehearsed, like they had said those exact words in that exact order many times before. They even asked me in unison if I wanted to play a round of poker. Before I could decline the offer to join their game, another me ran up to the door. He was out of breath, just as I was, and he started to ask which way to the front door, just as I did. Only he stopped halfway through his question, giving me a confused look. I was giving him, the me, the same confused look. The other me turned into the room for answers just as the red woman lifted a pistol from under the table and shot him in the chest. Just the one bullet. He fell to the floor, silent. The red woman blew the smoke clear from the barrel of her gun and gave me a wink. I didn't stick around to see if I was alright. After a few steps, however, I did turn back around. Ignoring my dead or dying body, I poked my head into the room once more with a curious question. Asking the others if they could see the red woman. They each pointed to her and together asked, Her? I left with that. Satisfied, I wasn't alone in the vision. I carried on as instructed, jogging for a while before I saw the opening to the main foyer ahead. I must say... The sight was beautiful. Takeout returned to my thoughts, and I started to salivate. Stepping into the foyer, I was stopped by a familiar and very unsettling voice. Rupert, don't move, boy. Sure enough, the doctor was standing at the top of the staircase, pointing his loud friend at me. I froze, thinking about my one and only bullet. He sort of laughed and spoke again. Put your gun down, Rupert. Let's play nice now. I lifted my arms into the air, surrendering, the revolver and its final bullet hanging helpless from my index finger. I didn't know what to do. I contemplated running, taking my chances he'd miss. The door was so close. I didn't get much time to ponder heroics before I was met with a violent crash. Gloria was pushed into me. I dropped into her lap as the naked man continued to push on. Gloria was ecstatic. Rupert, my love, I have you. She wrapped her cane around me, trapping me in her grip. The lunatic had gorilla strength and I couldn't break free. The doctor called out as he hobbled down the stairs, telling her to hold me. Calling me Rupert. The naked man pushed us around in circles, singing out a crazed chant, rattling his tongue like a tambourine. The front door passing my view over and over, teasing me with each swoop. The doctor shouted for the naked man to hold me still. Gloria all the while was nuzzling my neck with her nose, making these strange, squeaky moans. Struggling to free my arms, I accidentally fired my last bullet. As luck would have it, the metal ball struck the doctor in the knee. He fell back, his gun going off as we passed. The sound of his shot's impact sent a dark red mist raining over me that silenced the room. Our ride ended and we heard our naked driver fall to the ground. Gloria turned, forgetting her grip. Grief and anguish for the naked man screamed from her voice. This was my chance. I sent the back of my skull into her nose, cracking the bridge between her eyes and lunged out of the chair. The doctor was pumping a fresh shell into his gun, nursing his knee, and limping towards me. I ran to him without thinking and swung the revolver across his jaw before he could raise the shotgun my way. I fought him to the ground, trying to remove the gun from his hands. Standing over him, we tugged at the stick, grunting like pigs. I jumped onto his belly, forcing a painful squawk out of his mouth. He let the gun free and I stumbled backwards, trying to find my balance, only to be met in the back of the head with glorious cane. I swung the gun around like a baseball bat into her ribs. She fell from the chair and I aimed the gun at her. She was quick to her feet favoring the one still all the way together. Roof she shouted. Ignoring the support of the cane, she unsheathed the sword from the long stick and pointed it into the air. Without warning, there was a commotion at my feet, and I noticed too late the doctor on his belly, pulling at my legs, groaning the most peculiar sound of desperation. As I fumbled in the tangling web of his fat arms, Gloria had begun to charge. I fell, firing the gun into the air, the doctor crawling his way up my legs as I squirmed around on my back. When he came in range, I bashed him in the head with the butt of the gun until his skull opened. The sight pulled at my guts and caused me to throw up. Spitting bits of vomit onto the floor, I kicked myself away from the dying doctor. Pumping the gun, I aimed to defend as Gloria swung her blade, slicing a clean chunk of flesh from my forearm. One handed, I squeezed the trigger. Gloria went one way. The shotgun went the other. With her crash to the floor, the room calmed. The fight was over. And what a show it was. The only sound I heard was coming from the doctor. A slow, uncomfortable moan sailed out of him with every miserable breath. I remember thinking to myself, Jesus fucking Christ. I sat up and saw Gloria's body sprawled out on the bottom of the staircase. Her eyes and mouth were hanging open, but she wasn't breathing. The naked man was a few feet away, missing the back of his head. It was a horrific sight, but it felt good. Only good isn't the right word, but it just felt so good. What word is there? I threw up again. The front door started to open and I reached for the shotgun in a panic. Turning on my knees to see the butler enter, I stopped moving, my hand hovering over the gun, waiting. The butler spoke, addressing me and the group of corpses around as if it were any other day. He said, They seem to have left. I looked around the room puzzled, and then to the butler, asking, Who? He pulled in a struggling breath and answered, "'Whoever was knocking, they have left.' The butler closed the door and started to walk towards me, saying, "'You must be the chap come to play, Rupert. The hour is past. You should be on your way.' Reaching into his coat, he stopped, standing over me, old, sort of shaking, He pulled out a crisp $50 bill, and I started to cry. The green bill hummed a victorious vibration into the air as it soared to my hand. I heard trumpets and a choir glowing from the green piece of paper. Thanking him, I took the money and just sat there for a minute as he calmly walked away. I couldn't believe it. The takeout was mine. I had never been so overcome with joy. Victory was my name and I was victorious. Breaking into a hysterical cry as love erupted from my soul, I held the bill up and thanked the universe for seeing me through it all. I was going to eat. Ah, relief. Our narrator has survived the nightmare. But they must still make it home. Surely there are no more obstacles. Until our next chapter, farewell.